It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever is at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. Right on the first try with the year. Episode 554. You're listening to me, Jason. Your normal host who's always here, who never goes away, and also two amazing guests that I've got on with me, game designers David Masnato and Maya Thomas. How are y'all doing? So good. Good. It's good to have Great. you both here. I've yeah. recorded, David, I feel like I can't get rid of you. Like, we're always recording now. <laughs> I know. Well, so it was, I think the first time I was on was like... Sometime last year, we were talking about Protospiel Online, yep, and then yep. we talked. We did. We were. We did the PAX recap. Like yep. what was that? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> I feel like it was really, it was a really longer, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Now suddenly I've like. And then I think we're recording another episode that we need to schedule here for those of us that were at PAX. Um, that we have a little thing we're going to talk about, and I believe you are in that group too, maybe. So. My gosh. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. The thing with these, uh, with these, these <laughs> the, secret the, blue bags. Yeah. yeah. The thing with yeah. the secret blue yeah. bag that I yes. really should open. I <laughs> love yeah, like, the oh no in David's eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don't worry. It's not like you have to have like a real solid thing for this. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun episode that's going to involve some pitch challenging. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, I think, but, I think oh, you had david on so much because david genuinely has a wonderful pleasant voice and considering it's you have true. to listen to these episodes every week uh rather that than uh <laughs> david That's was granted the voice nice for podcasting idea. it's it's very true the first time i talked to you i was like oh wow yeah you got a <laughs> podcast let's do this <laughs> That's so funny um and uh Maya, you have not I was looking back, you have not been on in a bit. So yeah. you've been on a couple times, but this is the first time you've been on in quite a while. So last time yeah. we last time we talked about um what was it like like abstraction and game design versus simulation and listening back to that, I was yes. you were definitely like I think Episode a lot more confident ten. about what we we're saying. Episode five ten. <laughs> Is your mm-hmm. theme living in a simulation or are your mechanics just an abstraction? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. very it, confident about my words then. <laughs> yeah. I go through that all the time where I, I'm like, I get on the show and then I'm like, I'm confident. And then afterwards I'm like, oh boy, I said a lot on that episode and I refuse to cut stuff because that's the it's kind of our show code we live by. It's like, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I mean, obviously I make edits and cut things if they need to be cut, but in general, uh, if I sound dumb, you know, might as well call it the name of the episode and move on. Then. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One less thing to cut. Jason saying Will something dumb about rectangles. <laughs> so... Well, what we're gonna what we're gonna chat about tonight, uh, we're gonna jump into it because I have a feeling this is gonna be a long conversation because um, 
because we're just all very, we all have a lot of opinions. Uh, so, so what we want to do is we, uh, were chatting about, uh, I, I had a scheduling issue. Actually, this, this episode was, was born out of a scheduling issue, which some of the best episodes are, I was going to record this week. Uh, last week you heard our uh, year end recap and I was going to record our 2023, like new year goals and stuff. And I've got a designer who hasn't been on it forever. And I think you'll be excited about her being on. Uh, we're recording that next week because there was a blizzard um, and that designer is from Canada and uh, mm. literally could not get to their studio to record <laughs> where they work. Uh, so that's fair. Um, but so when that happened, uh, I was like, hey, like, let's do I need some people. And uh, and uh, both of you volunteered as tribute. Um, and we uh, we found that uh, that a good thing to talk about might be. The cardboard edison award because that is that is open for submissions now and um that is uh closing submissions at the end of this month so it's kind of in the sweet spot for talking about it um and and so and what we realized with this group here is what we have is david last year's winner for roommates uh which Ooh. is awesome uh congratulations on that thank you um i have entered a few times now uh one of the times we got an honorable mention that was with isaac and i's game uh fairy village which is now tier nanog coming to you soon from grand gamers guild um so i'm pretty <laughs> excited about that but uh uh and then my and i'm looking to enter again this year i believe um and then maya uh is interested in the idea of entering um in in talking about this sort of thing so it was kind of like three levels of committedness to this, like how we've done it before. And then David, I believe you said you're probably a judge this year. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah. I, I will, I will be judging this year. Um, and I'm not sure if that will be sort of publicly announced by the time this goes live, but uh, you know, this will be a, like, I guess a little secret teaser for, for the listeners. It, it, Suzanne, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, I wasn't supposed to say that, but it kind of goes into the context think, of the conversation. I think it's, I think it's yeah. worth mentioning before yeah. before the conversation starts. Um, right, right. But I'm, I'm, su I'm super excited that they they asked me to do that this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that is so. That's so not that I'm in danger of ever winning, um, but uh, if you win, do you have to be a judge? Because I don't know that I would be good at judging. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't think you have to. I definitely could have said no. Um, you know what I just I, realized? I'm co-designing the game that we're submitting. So, Jonathan, if you're listening to this, if we win, um, speaking of volunteering as tribute, um, guess what, buddy? You're going to be judging the Cardboard Edison Award next year. <laughs> Congratulations. You get to judge. It's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean they so they sent me an email and asked if I was interested in judging. I think they they always reach out to the winners and like right, right, right. ask if they want to. Um but I, I I definitely could have said no. Um but I didn't want to because Chris and Su Suzanne are amazing. Um so they amazing. do so much work for the design community, the publishing community honestly people just like trying to figure out how they fit into the space and are interested in exploring it mm -hmm. um like the, the the resources they offer are so incredibly valuable so far beyond um, what anyone you would expect anyone to offer it's ridiculous it's amazing ridiculous. accessibility that they offer it for i mean um yeah so it, it, it was a very easy yes um because it, it felt like the least i could do to sort of 
contribute to what, what they do. And I want to be clear that like, it's not that I don't want to be a judge. It's that they put so much into it and the judges are so amazing that like, I just, I, I feel like I'm not worthy to be a judge along with all the other awesome folks that are doing that. You know, I, I you know, I think it's, I think everybody kind of talks themselves into like an imposter syndrome sort of thing. Like I, I know that this is a thing that comes up a lot in regards to the tabletop mentorship program. Like every year they, right. they kind of, they're looking for pe- people to be mentors. And one of the things they consistently say is like, you probably are more qualified to be a mentor than you think you are. Um, and I think a lot of that, same kind of thing goes into judging something like this like it's true it's true if you've designed a game and you feel confident in it and like you play a lot of games and you're good at talking about games and thinking about games and that's something you enjoy you're you're probably you probably do a pretty good job at this um but it is exciting how many amazing designers and people in the community are involved in in judging this and it is a little intimidating as a as a newcomer going into it but i think it's mostly going to be a ton of fun very cool yeah i um the amount of people that that are involved that are amazing is is high and uh yeah in in speaking of the tabletop mentorship program their spiel about like Hey, listen, you're more qualified than you think you are is what convinced me to sign up for the first time to be a mentor. And I've done it now three times and have loved it every time. So um, super duper uh, tell people keep doing that because it's yeah. real worthwhile. I think you're more qualified than you think you are is probably yeah. kind of like a really good general rule for yes. board games as a whole. <laughs> like. If you're thinking about being a designer as a whole, like I need you to do surgery right now. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm more qualified than I think. I don't Um, want those commercials where it's like, I did stay at a holiday Inn express or whatever. Like that's not, you know, that's yeah. Actually, actually I do want you to know what you're doing for some things, but, (laughs) but like for, for board game design, like, yeah, just wing it. What is the worst that could happen? (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, and that's one of the things is they have multiple people look at every game so like the chances of you being like, like being like, I don't get it to this game and turning it down and that game being like the next big thing and like you screwed it up. Um, very, very low, very low. Um, yeah. so, so there's that. So that's good. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same, like, like there's all different late levels of that same sort of complex. It's when you first start out, it's, I don't think I can do a play test because this is a nothing game and only to realize everyone does nothing games at play tests. Um, you know, that's how they become something games. Little secret. Yeah. there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I mean, yeah, David, I think you're going to do great with judging and Jason. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I mean, Jason, you've been talking about games for 10 years and well, at first it may have been a little rough. <laughs> 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 wow that was that was a slow burn on that, that was, one there like i was, was like did you just yeah you did you were like yeah oh. gentle dig it was good i am i, I do think it. you know what you're talking about at this point <laughs> i mean 100 uh, there's it's funny because you know we had that realization you know at one point where it was like after rob left and stuff where it's like you realize that like we're not the beginners that started this podcast and like 
if we want to keep the beginner experience, we have to pick out, seek out guests and people who have been doing this less than we have sometimes. Um, like, but that said, like, yeah, no, I mean, I know in the beginning we didn't know anything that that was, I mean, that was the thing, right? Have you, did you actually go back to the beginning, listen to all the episodes? I have not. Uh, I okay. think I stopped. That's like, good. Yeah. I think I hit the 400 episode and like I slowly stopped less and less and I haven't really been Oh, wait, but you made it all the way to there or were you working backwards? No, I made, I, uh, working backwards. Oh gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I there are still people that sometimes have told me like, oh, I'm going through the whole the whole thing, and I'm like, you don't have to do that. Like, Why? Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, if you need some 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 bad advice, like, go for it. But there's some good. I think there's the biggest thing about the early podcast is there's some really good emotional hits in there of like the ups and downs of games and stuff like that, and like mm-hmm. you know, um, and that that's the good stuff. Like that's the the gold in there is in my opinion, but it's not worth going through everything for that. Just ask me and I'll tell you the story. It's cool. So yeah. Um, so anyways, cardboard Ennis award, we're going to talk about that <laughs> at some point here. Yeah. We'll so, um, so let's start out with, so the cardboard Ennis award basically is you enter it, um, by January 31st, they require some things, not a lot, honestly, they require a video, and the rules and a couple other things maybe like it's pretty it's pretty easy going as far as submitting like if you have a game that's ready to be pitched you have everything you need for that game um and then they do their first round judging in february where at least i think two to three people look at every single game to make sure that they're all given kind of a fair shake and that they're reviewed um and then the finalists are announced towards the end of february and then in mid-April, the finalist prototypes are due. And then in April to May, the finalist judging happens. And then in May, they announce the winners. Um, and I don't... What is the winner? Does the winner... Like, they just get the title of winning, right? That's it? Is there anything uh, else? That's that's it. Um... Okay. That's, which, is, which is great. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, like, missing something. Um... Yeah. It's it's honestly one of my favorite things about this award is that there isn't like a monetary like a cash prize or right, like right. A, a like any sort of guarantee. There is right. you know the the track record is that the games that have been that have won in the past I think so far all of them have either landed a publisher or successfully kickstarted. Right, um right. but that is not a guarantee. Right. Um, it is not something that's promised by winning. Um, right. There's still a lot of work and a lot of hustling that needs to get done right. after right. winning in order to make that happen. But, um, but the it, it's it's really to highlight the work of designers who maybe don't get a chance to hit that spotlight as often, or are having a tough time getting their things in front of publishers, mm-hmm. or just trying to trying to get their name out there and get their work out there. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, that is one of the draws to that. And I mean, it's cardboard Edison has become such a thing in the community that, you know, that they're just, there's a lot of like winning something or even being selected as a finalist. And that it's just like, 
that really, really does mean something, right? I mean, like that is a big deal and, and, you know, yeah. And again, it all comes back to what they put into it. I think that is what makes it so worthwhile. And, and yes, it does seem to help games get more noticed and get out there, uh, which is great. Um, yeah. And then one of the things I love that they do just for new people is, and they don't have it out yet. I just checked. Um, but they, they do a best practices booklet for the best things you can do to enter the contest. Um, and that is super duper helpful because like with that information, it basically says, here's the type of stuff that we believe as the people running this thing will help you succeed in this thing, which is the type of information you probably want to listen to. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone who like, hasn't done a whole lot in the industry, like the attitude that I get towards the corporate Edison is similar to like the spiel in the sense of this contest is about celebrating games and celebrating yeah. good games, yeah. but also just like we are here to celebrate games. It is not right. about, it's not like a publisher who's like, Hey, we're running a contest and whoever wins, we're going to publish, which is like kind of gross. Uh, but um, for X, Y, Z reasons. Um, so it's like, I, I'm excited about at least attempting just from that standpoint of like, mm -hmm. I get to participate in this and that's fun. That's exciting. And it, right. it helps and it does genuinely help with next steps. It does. It does. But so let's, um, so we, we, we named some reasons, some things here. Um, Maya made sure they, uh, she said it was gross, uh, that they would publish <laughs> games. Uh, so we're definitely going to dig into that. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I think that like when it comes to entering contests, there are valid reasons to enter contests, valid reasons to not enter contests. And those should all be very strongly considered when you consider entering a contest, right? Like you, you don't want to just dive into a contest um, for no reason or for the wrong reasons. And so, so I do think that's worth highlighting. I'll say for myself, I, in the past have entered contests that I, they probably weren't worthwhile to enter. Um, or, you know, I mean, there was one time where in this, this is not saying button shy contests are completely worthwhile to enter. I think button shy mm -hmm. is another cool company. Um, and they basically, they give you like a small reward and then maybe we'll publish your game, but I don't think it's guaranteed. Um, but I've entered so many things in there. And I, one time I was a finalist, um, but that was the farthest I ever got. Um, and, uh, but there was one year where I entered like five games into it. I was just like, I'm going for broke on this. And I entered a bunch of games and I made all the videos for them. And then one was a finalist and that was the best any of them did. And it was like, wow, like you wasted like two months getting all this stuff ready for this and it, it really did a lot of it and i it's funny because I, if i went and listened back you know speaking of going back through the the old portfolio right if i went and listened back i'm curious what i said about it then i probably was like oh i'm glad i did it and uh i don't know that i looking back it was like that's a huge waste of time like that i i mm. entered so many in there um entering one game in not a waste of time entering five big waste of time and um yeah, and I could have done better things with that on the game design side. Yeah, I think one of the things, so I worked on my pitch 
So I'll rewind a bit. I, I went through the tabletop mentorship program in 2021. Um, I think they only ran it for one season or one one session that year. Uh, so it was. I think it was like July through um, maybe like October or September or something like that. Um, and my, my mentor was, uh, Rob Newton who, uh, designed Sonora. I think he has something coming out this year. Um, and one of the main things I wanted to work with him on was just in general, like my pitch. Um, and a part of that was, uh, making a pitch deck, making sure my rule book was really tight and building a video. Um, and with the idea that I would probably be submitting the game to Cardboard Edison when January rolled around. Um, so I was basically kind of working on my submission for like the larger half of like the last year, the like the end of 2021. Um, and it, because I, I wanted my submission to, you know, also serve as a publisher pitch. If the game didn't make it to the, the next round, mm-hmm. um, I would have this like really good collection of stuff that I could just start sending to publishers. Um, so one of the things I wasn't, really expecting going into cardboard edison um was you know jason you mentioned that after the first round regardless of whether or not you make it to the finalists you do get feedback from judges based on yep your pitch um and i i just looked at the email i got for that and it was uh i got notes from four different judges um and it was really helpful because it was it was just feedback on my pitch. It wasn't feedback on the game. It was just like, does this thing explaining it to a stranger in mm-hmm. this way, the way you would send it to a publisher, does this make sense? Does this look like something I would want to play? Does this look like something that um, is fun? Um, are you explaining it in a way that's like condensed and digestible? Um and I think that's a really valuable thing to think about. Like, even if you don't make it to the finalists, you have this like pocket of information from four people you probably don't know. Um, and you can use that to then further craft your pitch. At, right. if, you, if you decide to go down the publishing route, now you've just got a bunch of information to make your pitch even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't think I was expecting that to be as useful as it was. Um, but it, that was like a huge, a huge pro for me of entering yeah, cardboard. Yeah. Person. Yeah. And that's, and that's really great. And like you said, I mean, you went into it with no expectations and it worked out. Okay. <laughs> From what I heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Maya, I want to know, like, what do you, uh, so you mentioned contests and the, you know, with the end goal of we'll publish the game of the winner. Like what are your, what are your concerns around that? I also have concerns around that. So, but I'm curious what your concerns around that are. Yeah. I think like maybe saying they were gross was a little strong. I don't know, but I think just my, my like hip fire thoughts about it is 
the more important the like possibility of success, especially when framed as a contest, um, I think just the harder it is to gauge expectations and the harder it is mm-hmm. to like go into it with this like I don't know healthy mindset for yourself for your game for yes. other people and I think it just gets really weird like if you don't win it like if you came in second right uh if you were a finalist in that and then you didn't get pitched like I think that's a very different uh, sort of feeling than in the cardboard Edison coming in second and being a finalist at least as someone who has not really <laughs> done any of that I, I did like one contest a couple of years back um and that was I, I i'd love to do little contests like that again i think where it was a board game geek sort of forum post someone wanted to do a winter game contest and whoever won got like a copy of glory to rome or something like that mm-hmm. um and I think at the time, I was, like, even that was a big enough reward that I don't think it was healthy for me. Um, um, and so I think what I am really excited to hear about from you, uh, David, is just, like, even if you don't succeed the step one first sort of hit of the cardboard edison like you got really good useful feedback like Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like and then it disappeared like that i would imagine you would have been satisfied if you hadn't gone through because of how it's helping you go forward and i think i think to go back to the idea of if the contest is about getting picked up by a publisher you know you get your game published um it feels like there's so much more at stake. Whereas this is like, this contest is about preparing you for getting picked up by a publisher. And it's like, oh, that's exactly where I, what I need help with right now. And so it was actually really good timing with everything. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's very much in line with the ethos of what Cardboard Edison, the website does, <laughs> right? Like it's, it is a, it is a support, network Mm -hmm. and resource for designers and publishers and people in the gaming community it's it is not a it it, yeah it's like it like the 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 award is existing as a as a like tandem piece to the purpose of the site Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very much in line with their values right um, I think, you know, them being like, you could win a thousand dollars and all this other stuff like yeah. that doesn't feel is in line with what they're yeah. trying to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's cool that. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. cool that they that they do it that way. So it's it's not a revenue stream for them. Like, and right. they're, they're clear about that. Like it, like you do have to pay a submission fee or be a part of their Patreon, but like the money goes towards like feeding the judges <laughs> at the, like yeah. when they all get together to play the games, like it doesn't like, they're not pocketing the money. They're pretty much breaking even on this thing. Right. So it, it just has a, it just has a different vibe from like, you know, what Maya is saying, like a publisher that is going to then say like, 
cool, your game won. We're going to print this now and make a bunch of money off of it. And, <laughs> and you you'll imagine? get some money. Like, it's just, it, it just feels, I don't know. Like, it, I, I, I think I see. you to pay to enter that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's here's a $10 submission fee so that you can then make money off the thing I made. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I will say that one reason submission fees exist mm-hmm. outside of, like, you know, in Cardboard Essence case, like, they use those submission fees to fund getting mm-hmm. everyone together and doing all the judging and all the work exactly. they do, right? But, like, like submission fees are like co-pays right mm-hmm. they're to stop somebody from you know entering a contest five times because they want to waste their time making five submission games you know like some jerk did for button shy games one time um <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I think that i think that that's that that is a reason why to have those mm-hmm. um it's one really... of the things that david that you said that i i want to i want to pick up on i think is really important is you basically said like you spent a long time getting everything ready for the cardboard Mm -hmm. medicine pitch and like and i want to point out two things with that don't let if you're listening to this and you're like well i haven't spent six months working on this that doesn't matter literally does not matter that's fine 100 percent. but you were able to spend all that time working on this because your game was 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 made right and you had changes to make but like what you shouldn't be doing is rushing to complete a game to get to this contest you do not want to do that um that is um really really a bad idea because one you probably won't do well in the contest right um and two on the off chance that you make a stellar video and write a stellar rules document and people really believe in it. And then you have to prove that that's a game that works because you make it in the finals, like, and you can't like, you're awful for taking up a slot in there. Right. (laughs) So that's not cool. Um, so anyways, I, I just think that don't put the stress on yourself. Just like Maya was saying about like, don't have there be too much value in winning or losing. Don't put too much stress on yourself to get it done and get it ready. Like, I mean, the game that I'm considering submitting right now with Jonathan and I uh, is Super Robo Country, a game we've been working on for well over a year. And we've taken some breaks on it and stuff, but we we jumped back in recently and like we want to submit it because we think it it's different. It's interesting. It will hopefully garner some attention and we'll get good feedback. Right. And if we do do well, even making it to the finals, like that is good publicity for your game, right? Like, um, and it's, it's the chance to have a really good group of people play your game and give super, because one of the things that they do offer is that every finalist will get very detailed feedback about the gameplay and how it works and everything. And so that's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, so judge judge hat off for a second um the the i i think the the thing the strategy i used going into this worked for me right like the the, that very long prep um and it, it worked for me because it this is like my first time doing something like this it helped me process my thoughts and the work and it was a it was a good process for me. 
Um, it's you certainly don't need to spend that much time on your application. Um, but I was approaching this like a pitch. Um, so I didn't want to submit something. And this is kind of to the point Jason is making. And again, like there are no requirements that like your game is a masterpiece upon entry, but like, I didn't want to submit something that I wouldn't feel ready to put in front of a publisher because yeah, I was yeah. treating this like Absolutely. a pitch. So was the game done when I submitted? No, it's still not done. I'm still working on it. But like, it was in a point where I was already putting it in front of publishers. I was really happy with the place it was at. So it felt like, you know, I already had the stuff ready to go to send them. It just felt like the right time and the right game to do it with. Yes. So as someone who has not submitted anything to a publisher like this is a com this is sort of the conversation that i feel the most like uncertain about because i'm so i'm thinking I'm, I'm considering um getting scars of ether uh submitted and i've got the rule book um worked out i'm gonna like i'm finishing up a bunch of stuff um but i'm like hoping to make protospiel the like we're gonna nail this down like i'm gonna spend i want to only do yeah only do uh blind tests like make sure you know show it to my partner who writes essays uh (laughs) you know make sure that's all good um but that question of like at what point are you comfortable showing a game to a publisher at what point you know so with scars of ether like i hit this point where i had a really good like big redesign of everything and everything is working like very very well except for the end game and that's the last thing to like hammer out is what are the objectives and playing with different types of objectives um and i have some pretty strong like i think xyz is the thing that is going to be good and like what i'm going to send forward and protospiel is going to be the like final sort of like yes or no say on that um but is even that like too soon too unfinished for a publisher or a sort of cardboard edison submission i i think your strategy tracks and i I, the the personal metric i use for myself is like if i if i think about like the three like axes like one is um the goal i have for the game one of them is the way i talk about the game and the other is the way the game plays Mm. if those three things are feeling aligned like the experience of playing the game matches what i want it to do and is aligned with the way i talk about it when i explain it to people then that feels like it's probably ready to form into a pitch or a submission Right. That's how I judge it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um and I've played Scars. I it was a long time ago, but I've like seen, you know, the shape of the game. I've heard you talk about it. I feel like if you're feeling like it's in that place after a weekend at Protospeed Online, you have the time to turn it mm-hmm. into a submission if you're feeling like it, it it's meeting mm-hmm. those yeah, needs yeah. 
Cool. That that's very good to know. Very um yeah, that that was definitely um I definitely feel like I'll have time afterwards to get like the video going. Um I think as long as I get the rule book beforehand and it's only minor edits afterwards. Um yeah. But I think it's also important being like if it's not feeling okay, like that's okay. Maybe this year isn't the year. And yep, trying 100%. to like set that for myself, where it's just like yeah, and you certainly want to give yourself the grace on that, right? Of not feeling mm-hmm. like you have to, but also be stern with yourself and to say that like don't let yourself make the excuse of oh, is it really ready? Like everybody's giving me good feedback, but like is it? Because that's just self doubt and that's crap. And I do it too, so I'm not like looking down on you, but <laughs> like you can't let yourself talk yourself out of it. Yeah. You got to go with your gut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause your gut will tell you, like, like David said, with the kind of the, the, the three axes, like, are those aligning with those things? And if they are, then just do it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I look at it this way, you know, I, I would say that if you're going to submit a game to a contest like this, right. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the contest is expected that you will have a game that is nearly finished. Right. Um, that is like, I would say that it's a game that you are either a pitching B ready to pitch or C would be comfortable sitting down with a publisher who is somebody, you know, who's a publisher, but you're comfortable with them enough to say, I'm going to show you this game, but I don't think it's there yet. Okay. Like if you're willing to do that, then great. If you're like, I would not sit down with that person and show them the game that it's not ready. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. David, do you agree with that though? Like I don't want to <laughs> No, I think I think that tracks. That's not, because, that like, sounds right to me. Because sometimes, you know, like I've 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 worked with other designers who are like we're not pitching this until it is perfect. Um and and I and I'll be honest with them, I strongly disagree with that <laughs> because mm. most publishers want to take a game I would say from 80 to 90% to 100%, right? They're going to put their own development on it. Um and so for you to get the game to what you think is a hundred percent or even like, this is perfect. What that's going to do is one, it's probably not in their opinion there. And two, the chances of making yourself too precious about the game, like increase a hundredfold at that point, right? Because your game is perfect and you don't need to change anything for your game. Um, And I've seen designers where somebody will say, your game needs one more thing. I think this game needs one more thing. And people keep saying that. And they finally meet a publisher that's like, your game is perfect as it is. And they're like, oh, validation. But it's like, but if enough publishers said you trusted, it needed one more thing. Mm. And then the one that was willing to sign it didn't. And then maybe that game got published and it was just okay. Um, Like, you know, you, that, that's something to consider, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not dogging on any one specifics game. I'm not, I'm, I'm (laughs) this person and I, who I will not mention, has had we've had very specific conversations about that feeling of like, Mm. I feel like this is done, you know, and then somebody's saying, Oh, it adds something else, and and being like, you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're right. And then a new publisher saying, No, it's perfect. We just want to publish it like it is. And then in the end, that person was very unhappy with the product that came out. Mm. Um, and that's too bad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so like I'm not I'm not saying they they did the wrong thing. I'm saying they found someone that agreed with them. And it turns out that was the wrong call, but that was the publisher's job to know that. Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a soapboxy moment about that, but I just throwing that stuff out there. But I, I do think that if, if you're ready to show it to someone like a publisher, even if in a casual way, then you're probably ready to, to submit it to something like cardboard Edison. Okay, cool. <laughs> <And processing. laughs> so just think about that i am and thinking I about it i don't know <laughs> we, we would like I've your decision played... now <laughs> <laughs> i've also played scars of ether and i think it was a lot of fun and i know it's changed a ton since i've played it but i enjoyed it even the earlier stage that i played it at so I um, <laughs> I will yeah. always remember one of the first playtesters saying that it was the most fun they had with a fundamentally broken system. And that's really carried me through. That feels good. <laughs> that feels good. Uh, I know the playtester you are speaking of. You don't actually. It's 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 some unless you know someone from Australia named Oh no, I thought I actually thought that was Jamie that said that. Mm-mm. So never mind. <laughs> you have to be honest though. That super sounds like Jamie feedback. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Okay. So let's, um, so what else do we want to cover on this here? You know, we, um, uh, we talked about how, um, you know, whether or not you should enter, um, you know, Let's, uh, I don't really want to throw out a ton of tips for entering because I honestly, uh, I don't want to contradict anything that they say in the Cardboard Edison guide, which isn't published yet. And, um, it, it probably is as of this being published. I'd be shocked if it isn't. It's just, we're recording it in very early January. Um, but I would strongly recommend checking that out because they're going to give you the best tips on how to do that. You know, and like David, you even said before we were recording, we talked a little bit about this. You know, you're, you know, you're giving ideas on what to do. And those are ideas that worked for you, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean those ideas are going to work for other people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is people just need to make sure that they're submitting a game that they're proud of and that they think is at a point to submit it. Um, you know, the the other thing to consider is one of the rules um, if you have a game that you are pitching to publishers, um, and then uh, and then you want to in- put it in a cardboard ice, remember that you need to stop pitching it to publishers. That is the case. Um, otherwise, you will get kicked out of the contest because you can't be in the contest if your game is getting signed. I don't know if they actually kick you out. I don't know how that works, but um, but yeah, but technically, uh, you should pull your game if if that were the case. Um, Ethically. <laughs> ethically speaking <laughs> so um yeah 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 so um and i think that's totally totally smart to do that um so anyways i think that just remember that you shouldn't be showing it around in that case obviously casually if a publisher you know says look can i see this yeah show it to them but make sure they understand that you you are you you either have to leave the contest or you have to you know mm-hmm. um you have to uh uh, not sign a contract on the game and, and it's it's a fuzzy rule but i i think that like it, it makes sense only because they want unpublished games right they want games that are not yeah. currently don't have a home this is not a marketing tool for the fact of like my game has been signed and now i'm gonna get it submitted so that i can get it some credit because that'll look great on the kickstarter it will look great on the kickstarter and in 
and that's great it should but your yeah. game shouldn't be signed when you're when you're doing that stuff i think yeah and that that was actually um that was sort of a tough moment for me because i um i i did submit roommates to a publisher around the same time that i submitted for the award um because i figured you know what like i who knows if i'm gonna make it to the finalists this feels like a good opportunity to get in front of this publisher i'm proud of my pitch um so I, I sent it off not thinking anything would happen from either of those submissions <laughs> turns out the game made it to the finalists and the publisher was like yeah can we see more and i i had to tell them like i'm so sorry <laughs> um i need to I need to cancel this meeting. Like I can't, like yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to tell you that I have a good reason, but like, I don't feel good about continuing this conversation mm. because I've promised that I'm not going to do this. Um, and that was really tough because they would have been a really awesome publisher. And I did say in my email, I was like, look, like let's circle back in a few months. <laughs> like if you're still interested, let's, right. let's pick this up. Um, and nothing ended up coming out of mm. that, which is a bummer. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's a good point And like a thing to know going in. Um, and, you know, could I have gotten away with having a meeting with this publisher and no one would have found out? Probably. Would I have felt really slimy doing that? Definitely. Mm. Um, it's just not how I operate. And I would hope that other people submitting would follow the same yeah. rule yeah. um so yeah if that's going to be a sticking point for you um no going in that that's going to be something you're expected to follow right. right yeah yeah and you should and you absolutely should um yeah and i think just like go in with the expectation like we said you, you really want to go in with that expectation that what you're going to get out of it is some good feedback whether it's on your pitch, whether it's on your game. Um, if you go in with that mentality, you can't go wrong, right? Um, so, yeah. So do that and and you should be good. <laughs> um, Everything will be fine. Um, but don't, um, but yeah, you really, you really do have to get out of your own way with this stuff, right? And, mm. you know, help yourself get into that without feeling too much like you know that imposter syndrome i think is is really difficult around this kind of stuff just because uh it's just it's hard like you're putting your game out there you're putting it out on the line um and i think that rejection doesn't ever feel fun and i think that's something that like you need to be prepared for the fact that like you might like you, you will statistically speaking, you are likely to get rejected and not be a finalist, right? Um, and that's just that's the case. I, you know, and it's it can be hard not to feel bad about that. I, last year, um, we submitted uh, perfectly parceled, um, and it did not make it to the finalists, and and I was, I was kind of bummed about that. Like I was like, you know what? I like its chances. It's really interesting. Like I think it's got a good hook. Um, you know, like I thought some people might play this and be like, nah, I don't know, like they might have different opinions. Right. But like, I really felt like the strong hook and mm -hmm. the cool mechanics on the outset would help it perform better than it did uh, in the contest. And um, 
And so when it didn't, I I was bummed. I got my hopes up and that you shouldn't do that, right? Like you should really go into, I think any of these contests, at least that's what I try to do is to go in with zero hopes and just to go in with the assumption of, all right, all I'm going to get is some good feedback, but let's run with that. Um, yeah. And it's then, like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, David. I was just going to say zero, zero expectations, but the confidence that the thing you're submitting is meets, right. meets your right. standards. Right. Well, and that's, that's the thing to remind yourself is it, it really, the quality of the game you're submitting doesn't have as big of an effect as you think it does on your success in it. And let me clarify that. Cause that sounds weird, but um, it's because it's how much money you give Chris and Suzanne to help you get forward. You know, I mean, I've heard that David wow. paid a lot. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I mean, um, my, my payment didn't come until I met them in person at PAX. That was like, we, we, we were able to like actually literally slide the money under the table. At, good, at the event. You have so to do it that was, way. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the rule. I'm glad, and I, I appreciate you giving me the space to share that on your podcast, Jason. I mean, no, it feels I good to go going chest. to a convention. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but no, I, the reason I say that like the quality of your game has little impact on that is, is, is simple because assuming your game is good enough, right? Like assuming your game is ready to be submitted and, and meets the criteria for that you've done play testing, you feel good about your game. After that, it's, it's the fact that, that there are a ton of really good games, that are as good as yours being submitted. Some are going to be better. Some are not going to be as good. Um, but the ones that aren't as good, you know, like overall say like by some sort of like magical metric, that doesn't mean that they're not going to succeed in it. And yours aren't. I mean, I, some of the, I, I would bet that some of the best games to ever be designed are games that have never been published and will never be published. I mean, that's, I think that's the harsh truth, right. Of like the industry and, and how things work. So like you are competing against a ton of people with a ton of really good ideas and not being in the top 10 of that huge group. That's like, that's not something to feel bad about. Um, It doesn't speak to the quality of your game. I don't think. No, not at all. I think there were 130 some, or sorry, 230 some games submitted last year for, they did two tracks. They're not doing that this year. It's just the, they're only doing the in-person track. It's only the in-person track. Um, So out of 230, I think it was like 235, 236, something like that. Out of that many games, 20 made it to the finalists between the two tracks. So like, wow, it's, it, it, like it is a it is a small percentage that Very make it small, through, yeah. and that's just yeah. like you know doubling down on what of what Jason just said that like it is no it's no indication of the quality of your game. You know, you could have something really special. You know, what we need. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that that was that was end of thought. <clears throat> I was just going to keep rambling. That's fair. That's fair. I do that pretty much all the time. You know what we need in the game industry. This is what we need in the game industry. I'm going to tell you what it is. So in Hollywood, they have this thing every year they publish called the blacklist, not that TV show with, um, with uh, James Spader, James Spader. Um, There's the TV show, the blacklist, but the blacklist, there's a list of scripts every year that have not been sold. That is published. Like these are the list of the best scripts that we saw that did not get made into a movie last year. 
Like, I want to see a list every year. Cardboard Edison, how about you jump yeah, on this? Chris and Suzanne, yeah. could you, are you busy? <laughs> if you're not too busy. Um, this also feels like something that Unpub could handle. Unpub, uh, Ben, Ben, are you here? Ben, listen. Um, no, so, like, I think that having, like, I feel like I don't even know how you quantify that, right? Like, how do you decide, right? But, like, gosh, there are so many good games that don't get published every year that could. And and I've also seen a lot of those games that are like super solid and you think you're going to get published and then they don't. And the person just drops the game like and moves on. And that game is never going to see the light of day. Um, so now I'm sad. Now I'm, sad know, like, I'm trying to find this person. I know that like, like a lot of bloggers would do stuff like that for sure. Where it's like, Mm-hmm. highlighting games they've played including um people who've just done like unpublished games i'm trying to find the specific right. person i have in mind can't find them anyways um but yeah i definitely yeah i get the heart i get the it does feel it. like something it does feel like something that unpub could do because they do all like the, the play testing they do and the, you know people like rate the games like in the feedback system like, hey, Unpub, why don't you take that and take the top games that were not published with the best mm-hmm. scores in there um, and then publish that list with with people's permission, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you should do that. Do that, Unpub. Do that. All right. We <laughs> solved that problem. That was good. Yeah, that was good. So pretty yeah. good about that. Did. Unpub, <laughs> you have homework from this episode. Uh, I don't Can know you... if anyone who works with Unpub listens, but if you do, there's your homework. Uh, actually another, another group that could do that, uh, that is listening is Proto Spiel Online could do something like Uh-oh. that. I was going to say, don't, don't, you, don't you like, think. You. <laughs> hey David, hey David, welcome to building the game. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Here's what I will say, like <laughs> that I think is related to this and is something that Proto Spiel can and already does offer one of the things you know if i may hop on my like very short soapbox for of course two seconds one of the things that really just really kind of irks me is when you'll see publishers hop on social media and they'll say something like we're looking we're looking for games by underrepresented designers or we're looking for games by people who haven't haven't had a chance to get their work out there yet and it's like okay then do it like it's like <laughs> like come come to protospiel online meet those designers come join the right, break right. my game discord like no david those people are only I, on twitter that's I the can, only place you can find them is on twitter like send yeah. me an email i i will send you a list of 10 designers with 10 games that are ready to go that are exactly what you're looking for and some of those designers have more than one game ready to go like I'm pretty way sure. to way to hop on Twitter and admit that you're bad at your job. Like oh. br- that's honestly brave, brave of you. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Just like, like it's so it's easier to find good games now than it has ever been, and the resources do exist. So just like, just show up in the space. Like you know where to go. We've been telling you where to go. So like, it would be great if like Unpub or someone compiled that list but like yeah just just show up in a game design i'm pretty sure like discord like 
the active users on it, like most of the active users are minority designers. On that's I think like, that at this point that is true. That it's the only yeah. place that I feel I engage in. Like I don't, yeah. Um, it's super great. But thinking about that, I had a friend who I won't put names uh, who was in a meeting with a bunch of publishers talking about publishing and all this stuff and whatnot. And they had a conversation about how like difficult it was to find minority designers. And this friend, like he was like, I, I can't say anything. Cause if I say something, I know it's not going to be good. Cause it's yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's so hard. It's so hard to find underrepresented designers. Meanwhile, what, what's our slate for next year? Eight Reiner Knizia reprints. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> just... <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Sorry, we've gone so far off topic. Now. <laughs> oh, gosh. So anyways, um, Unpub or Protospiel Online. Or the card uh, listen, for Edison. <laughs> listen, Heather, if you don't want to do this, you can just, just make Unpub do it. We 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 sell we sell passes for publishers and press. We'd no, love I, to have I, you. I meant for making the blacklist. No. Oh, got it. <laughs> yes, yes. No. Um. No. Yeah. You should get those publishers in there. Get them in there. Let them check things out. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. I. I so I think. I mean. Overall, I hope people found this. You know, as a interesting conversation about. Um the cardboard Edison award and, and the reasons to enter it and in you know kind of our best advice as to how to to check it out like i said you really should go look at their um their their best tips guide because that's really going to teach you what you want to know about it i know i looked at it last year uh, before entering and it was super helpful and i'm gave david i'm going to guess that you also looked at it probably before oh, yeah. you did it yeah 100 percent. yeah <clears throat> yeah so yeah anything else anybody wants to make sure we throw out there before we wrap up here what game are you submitting jason me um probably oh, super super robo country you already one, said um that. jonathan and i did yeah so yep, yep, yep. so yeah david is submitting the game called judging He's judging oh, yes. <laughs> yes i did look they already announced some judges so you're you're probably in the clear so oh, cool yeah but if okay. not hey hey surprise <laughs> breaking <Yeah>. news <laughs> I think they, the name of this episode, breaking news, David Masnato was a judge in the Cardboard Edison. Wow. Scandal. Wow. <laughs> I, I think the only other thing I, I would have to add is like, or that I could add, um, is that like, and this isn't necessarily going to be news to most of the people listening, but like, and, and Jason, and my, I think you both have sort of, this has come up in different ways over the course of this discussion, but like making games is really hard and putting games in front of publishers is really hard and it's vulnerable and it's scary and, um, and expensive. And, um, a a really important realization I think I made about myself going through the process of this award, um, as, as, exciting as it was and as special as the whole thing was to me and as much of like an honor the recognition was the it it was a stressful process for me and that has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with you know the 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 people running it the people judging it um it was it was a lot of 
you know, emotions running on top of a thing that is already has a lot of emotions and stress. And um, I think I personally would probably not enter. I probably will not enter competitions moving forward mm. or awards moving forward. Um, at least anything like this, because I know that for me, um, this is, this is a process that, puts a little more strain on me than I would like to put myself through again. And if that's something that you maybe see in yourself, um, that the pressure of this, like if you're already feeling a lot of pressure from doing this, um, you know, it, maybe this isn't the right thing for you to do right now. Yeah. If there's a yeah. lot going on in your life, that's, adding a lot of pressure on top of something that's supposed to be fun. Um, this might be a little, a little much for you this year and that's totally fine. And that's totally valid. And again, like it has nothing to do with the award or the people involved in it or the other, you know, enter uh, people entering. Um, that's a decision for you to make um, whether or not you're in a place where you feel like this will be fun for you, because if it's not fun, it's probably not worth doing. Um, so um, I think that would be my only other like two cents in terms of the like, should I, and that goes for any contest or award, like mm -hmm. the, should I apply for this? Should I submit, um, you know, check, check your gut and see how you're feeling and listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really good advice. Um, and I, I think that just to back that up, I, I certainly will be very measured in the future as to what I submit to because I want to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons and for the right time. Um, yeah. So any other closing thoughts there, Maya? Uh, mostly just processing. I think like <laughs> it's fair. That's kind of what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. When I looked I, over I, at your screen here. I, I think it's really good for me to hear that because I think I am just starting to learn how to do that and mm -hmm. so i think it's like like that's not something that i've really seeing if i am actually emotionally comfortable doing uh you know pushing myself it used to just be well you always push yourself uh, mm -hmm. so i think i think there was something very sobering to hear you say that and very like really once protospiel hits really spend a couple of days just like sitting with it and being like you know, mm -hmm. this doesn't have to be, you know, or it could be. Um, so I think I just am appreciative to be able to be here and get y'all's thoughts on this because I definitely feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I feel like um, I don't want to wait a few years when I'm done with school to actually get to participate in this stuff. But it's also like I'm in school, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess my final thoughts is just thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this for is real. a great conversation. Thank you both for being a part of it. So, all right. So, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. And if you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our Discord. You can check that out. Hope you do. Uh, you can also email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland, at Cardboard Bones, and at David Masnato. 
And of course, you can keep coming back every single week. But don't listen to the backlog because that was probably not great. <laughs> but until next time, good night. Good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. <laughs>